Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices. Hey everybody, CJ here, just to let you know what's going on. Uh, you're about to listen to part two of our special Steph Askew episode, um, where we pick up with Stephanie's third question. So, um, just me right now, but it'll be right back to me, Steph, and Rico. So, enjoy the rest of the episode, guys. Thanks for listening. I love your choices. That was really good. It was very thoughtful. Thank you. Um, I for can't guarantee... it on the fly. <laughs> right, yeah, I can't guarantee they're going to be that next week, but, you know. All right, the last thing I wanted to talk about is, um, I don't know how hard this is going to be for Rico, but your go-to <laughs> movies at different stages in your life, so your favorite movies at different times in your life. Do so, we have um, specific time periods give, in mind, yeah, Steph? Give, yeah, so, yeah. So let me go through mine, and then you guys can talk. Okay. So um, earlier... Rico had said that one of his uh, customers was a someone who worked on the Fern Gully movie. Yes, and, and so that really struck a chord with me because, um, like I was telling you earlier about remembering things and having dates and stuff, I, I am like that with my own personal memories. I'm very sporadic and very uh, snapshotty. So <laughs> when I actually when I actually remember things as a like a movie reel, it's a big deal to me. And one of the things that I really remember is the very first movie that I went to was Fern Gully in theater. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was a big deal when he said, "Oh yeah," and I worked on the the lead character Krista, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> Fern Gully like shaped my entire childhood really it gave me the the tree hugger perspective of life that i have never shaken because i oh, saw that when i was so long what was that rico i said she still has splinters all over her every time she hugs a tree i just like i have to dig them all out with <laughs> <laughs> we just got new tweezers for that <laughs> Uh, okay, and then to, to build on my example of what I'm asking you guys is throughout childhood, uh, I was I was always reaching for the Robin Hood movie with Kevin Costner, Robin Hood and Prince of Thieves. Yeah. My sisters were reaching for the cartoon Robin Hood or uh, The Little Mermaid, but that was not me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
hey, rewind that opening where his hand gets cut off because he stole something. Like, I was that kid that was just, like, freakish. Um, so that was my <laughs> go-to movie as a kid. <laughs> that movie, that movie honestly has one of my favorite fucking lines from any movie in it. And it's a dumb line, but it makes me smile every time I hear it. And Steph, if this is one of your movies, you're going to know this scene. And, and Enrico, that's not to say you won't know it, but, and it's towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to get to Marion after the sheriff has her kidnapped and going to force marriage and sex and that whole thing. Yep. And him and Azim get on a catapult and Will shoots him over the wall. Yeah. And he looks up and he goes, fuck me, they cleared it. <laughs> and turns and walks away. And I don't know why. It just makes me smile every time. I, it, that is a really good line. That is really funny. I laugh at that every time too. I, but the I, one that stuck with me was uh, I'm going to do... Dig your heart out with a spoon. Yes. I was like, oh. And then why is spoon? Cousin, because it'll hurt more, you yeah. twit. <laughs> like, oh. Um, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people have problems with that movie because there are some pretty big holes, but I, who cares? Oh, yeah. it's, it's so good. It's still a good movie. That's the thing that, like, you know, for a show that... 90% of the time talks about movies and picking part movies like you have to suspend this disbelief at some point when you're watching a movie you know unless you're watching oh. like a flat out documentary you have to suspend what is it Certain suspend yeah. yeah and just enjoy the 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 images in front of you now some of them are terrible i'm not going to lie and there are some that are really fucking bad that's yeah. not one of them like Anyway, I have the against Prince of Thieves. I just my only problem is Kevin Costner's like Idaho fucking accent. Like, oh yeah, I know that. That's that's what he means by you have to overlook certain things, right? And it's also, I mean, that line that I was just talking about, "fuck me" is not something they would have said in that time period. I don't think that was a word yet, honestly. No, no. fuck's been around. Fuck was yeah, around, but no. There's something but they that would, they would have said, but, fuck me. Like, no, yeah, that, the particular phrase, definitely not. Right. There's something about that phrasing that, that wouldn't have happened, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of holes in it. I get it, but it's still so good. It's one of Rickman's best roles, I think. Not yeah, to go on too. a thing, but. Rico? I think in, on, the, on the other spectrum, I've always preferred Robin Hood Men in Tights. Because at least you know going into it that there's not going to be any fucking sensibility of any oh, sense. Yeah. At least. Oh, well, yeah, but I didn't uh, grow up watching Men in Tights. And, and yeah, it's hilarious and it's better, but that doesn't. I'm just talking about at certain times in my life, this was when I felt like shit, I would grab this movie to feel better. Like, this was my go to movie. I gotta, I gotta jump in for a second because. And I'm probably, I sounds like I'm in the minority here, but I wouldn't say it's better. I'm sorry. I, I like Men in Tights and it's kind of funny, but it's, it's not better than Prince of Thieves, not by a long shot. And honestly, I don't even think it's the best Mel Brooks movie. I, I'll take Spaceballs over Men in Tights. <laughs> I know you'll take Spaceballs. Spaceballs in the fucking face, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I knew that was coming. I should have seen that coming a mile well, away. When balls come, usually they come in your fucking face. That's what balls are for. I'm just going to stop talking now on a audio context. <laughs> Sometimes they're in tights. Men in tights. Um, <laughs> I, I don't... I. <laughs> I, I agree. It's not. It's not better than Pretty Thieves. Pretty Thieves obviously had a bigger budget and has better well, respected sure. actors. You know, you're going up against fucking. You know, I mean, even I mean, Kevin Costner at one point was a phenomenal fucking actor. He's still, uh, he, I, I, don't, I still think he can do some great roles here and there. But well, he I just mean, doesn't act as much as he used fucking, to either. I mean, let's be oh, fair. What's that, Steph? I was like, oh, Dances with Wolves. Such a good one. I've yeah. never seen that. Oh, man. Yeah, it's really, really good. I don't have any desire to see it. Like, Deb tried to get me to watch it, and I was like, nah, no. Dude, <laughs> reaching motherfucker, you're not going to watch Dances with Wolves? What's wrong with you? <laughs> wow, Steph, how do you really feel? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Translation. Right? <laughs> Jesus. This kid's got fucking claws, dude. Watch God out. damn. Um. So, Steph, what's your next one? What's what's the next age? So, yeah, just let's move on, please. So, so is, it, is it when you took over uh, for Satan in hell? Were you about 12? <laughs> Wow, middle schoolish, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, honorable mention. I grew up watching Prince's Bride all the time with my family, so uh, that is throughout childhood, middle school, and high school. It's honorable mention there. Yeah, um, for someone who really like history, you like a lot of medieval sword kind of shit. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't know about the Prince's Bride being that historical, but sure. Well, it, I'm saying it's got like swords and shit like well, that. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, so uh, in middle school, I reached for the Jerk with Steve Martin. Okay. Did I lose? No, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was my go-to to make me laugh at the Jerk. It was the yeah, it's um, too funny. I'm gonna continue to get in trouble. I've never seen that movie. Oh, shit. Now that's not one that like I don't want to see. I just haven't. I actually have not been in a position to see it. It's never been on when I've been around it. It's never. Or, or let me rephrase that. I, I've never been around when it's been on. No one I've known has owned it. You know that kind of thing. So I I just haven't been had the opportunity to be exposed to it. I could like it. Jesus. I could not like it. I don't know. CJ, do you own a shovel? Yeah. You should dig your own grave, because Steph's going to help you with that. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> oh. um, no. No, it's what? just, it's really funny, because it's very uh, sticky. It, you, it, the way they present it is it's so that you're supposed to laugh. It's, it's a good film. Right, and keep in mind, unlike dancing with wolves like it's not that i don't want to see it like i you know i just haven't had the opportunity i'm if if given the opportunity i'll give you two examples of other ones that were like that that i just never saw until i was given the opportunity very quickly Stefan. i'll let you get to your third one i don't want to hijack your list here but 
and you guys might have to help me with the title of the one because I don't remember it. But the one that I do remember was um, Deb and I just watched it last year one day when I was really sick and we were looking for something to do. Was the Money Pit, uh, which was yeah. funny. It was good. I enjoyed it. I'm not saying it was a classic, although I know people think that way about it. But I definitely didn't hate it. It was fun. And then um, Deb's exposed me to a few movies I never saw. For example, Fast Times at Red Ridgemont High was another one. I never saw that until I got with her. Um, but that's not the other one I was talking about. The other one I was talking about is um, Billy Crystal's A Cop in Chicago with um, oh, what's his name? It's a black guy. I think it's a... Oh, what is his name? The cops, and they're about... They're about to retire. They got this. They found a way to make all this money, and they were going to retire. I'll have to look up his thing because it's going to bother me. I'm looking up. It's an '80s movie. Like it's a. It's like mid to late '80s movie. Running scared. Yes, that's it. Who's the black guy? Is that Gregory Hines? It just came to me. Is that Gregory Hines? That is Gregory Hines. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, and Jimmy Jimmy Smith is the villain. Is he? Shit. It's been a couple of years since I saw it, so anyway. Yeah, Bill Organa. <laughs> yeah, right. I know him more from NYPD Blue, but that's a whole other conversation. I, I know him from Dexter, honestly. Every time I look at Jimmy Smith, I'm like, motherfucking Dexter. <laughs> I've, never, I've still never watched <laughs> the show, so I can't speak to that. But anyway, Steph, your movies. Wait, hold on. I have one. Steph, is it, or is it just three movies, or is it like... No, no, I'm just this. These are different stages in my life. So, okay. So that was like middle school, high school was Nana La Mancha with Peter O'Toole, which that's when I heard the song and I was like, oh my gosh, blah blah blah. Um, I also have to mention the movie Love Story, which is not an upbeat movie in any way, because sometimes, um. To make me feel better, I have to see something that makes me feel worse. And it puts life in perspective again. Okay. So that's love story for me. And then in college, I always reached for the court jester with Danny Kay. And that's where I always mm-hmm. quote the get it, got it good all the time. Because that's like prominent in the movie. He's like, is, did you get it? Got it? Good. Is that why the court jester is displayed Prominently in the in the uh, classic session now at work. I have no idea what you speak. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> as soon as I walked by the classic section when she was helping me out the other night, I was like, "Oh, she totally was like standing in the classic section, like reorganizing, and be like, nope, Corchester's displayed." <laughs> 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 you know, you know when he sends me to put the movies back on the shelf. That, who's organizing that section? <clears throat> By which one's facing out? <laughs> I hope you're getting paid for these excursion stuff. <laughs> no, I just volunteer. Just, it's fun. Uh, she gets a refund. I, I get, I get paid in kisses and, and get to choose a movie I want to see. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and then before I moved out here. I would either reach for the movie Penelope with James McAvoy and Christina Ricci. It's a love story movie. Or or I would reach for Roxanne with Steve Martin. So you love movies with people with weird noses? Yep. 
right. You must fucking but, um, love it, don't you? <laughs> uh, no, actually, I was never really a Pinocchio fan. Fuck you. I know. It's your, like, go-to, and I'm like, eh, it's, it's okay. I'm with you, Steph. Fuck you, too. <laughs> but I was Rico, really if we kept a tally of how many times you said fuck you to me... <laughs> it, it, At be... some point, you think you'd fucking take that advice and get fucked. <laughs> I try, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I was really tr- struggling to uh, come up with a movie that I would reach right now, but I really just, I don't know. I don't know what would be my go-to movie. I'm, I'm too happy right now. So, yeah, that was it. That was my list of movies. Uh, just different stages of your life. You can choose, like, time of term and turn of events that happened to you, like, first time you got a job and you just, like, always when we reach for a movie or whatever. But I just figured, like, you know, the, the stereotypical stages of life was a pretty good basis. Well, okay, Rico, we're at a bit of a quandary here because I've got a few, but all of mine I feel like are going to generate some stories. But you're the movie guy, and I know if we let you off the leash, you may not shut up. So <laughs> how do you want to do this? Uh, I can, I can go first, or I can go before you, and then... Uh, uh, then... You could take over. All right. Well, I, I, just... I was just making a joke, really. You sound all like "fuck you" again. <laughs> no, no, honestly, is if I sound like "fuck you," it really is just because I don't feel good. It's all it's right. really bad. No, no, I that's fair. I know you're not. You're feeling that. For for those that aren't aware, or because if we, I don't know if we talked about it on recording. Rico's Rico's playing hurt. So thank you for putting sitting through this. It it, it really is. I mean. Uh, this job for the podcast is a lot of trying to be upbeat and animated. And when you have a migraine, you're just like, all you want to do is just kind of punch yourself in the face so you can knock yourself out and not feel any pain. So, but regardless. Um, to, to be fair lot- for the listeners, I did give Rigo the option not to do it. So we're not dragging him into this kicking and screaming. No, no, he did I, say, I, I, yeah. wanted to, I wanted to do this for, for you listeners because... I have, I mean, if I had to go to work at the video store, I would have to go to work. So this right. is just another, this is just another job. And this is another love that I have to do, and I love to do. So, fucking say thank you, God damn it. <laughs> thank you. God damn it. I was thought. <laughs> I, I was. Thank you. Damn it. <laughs> so, I have a lot of. I mean. Like like we said earlier, I do have a lot of movies that I can just kind of go for that influence and, and sort of shaped who I was. I would probably say the first one that I... I mean, I, I think my first memory of being in a theater was The Lion King. And I think okay. that kind of... Gave, because God. I don't remember... The more, I don't remember... The, what? What? What, CJ? What? No, it, you just make me feel old, that's all. <laughs> Well, CJ, you are fucking old. Well, I'm aware of that. My reunion reminded me of that very much so. But look, just can I just to fucking appreciate the Lion King and not have to be like, oh, uh, yes, it wasn't about you appreciating the Lion King. That's a great movie. Yeah, you were what losing your virginity when you saw it. Is that what you're trying to tell me? 
No, just that's your earliest memory. It's my earliest movie theater memory. If we want to talk about virginity movies, then I have to steal Steph's because it was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh my oh, God! Did she scoop it out with a fucking spoon? What? Oh, Cousin. yeah, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was baseball. Continue with your list, please. <laughs> <laughs> So my first, you know my first me, right? Yes, I know. <laughs> He's like, please stop loving me. For all that is holy, please stop loving me. Hate me for a little bit. Uh, uh, so yeah, The Lion King, I saw... I mean, I must have been three because it came out in 94. So I don't have any... Shut the fuck up, CJ. I don't have any fucking memory of the movie itself in like at, at the theater. But I remember being freaked the fuck out by the opening, which is like you hear birds and you hear like the sounds of the fucking of the of the jungle. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's the Nazavinya Nadabiti about and like that rising sun, and I think it scared the hell out of me because I was not expecting no one was. And I think that would just but then, you know, that was that was my first, I think, real exposure to seeing a movie. My mom says that I think I slept through the whole thing so that's probably why I don't remember it but I don't remember falling asleep or even waking up later um, but so that was the introduction but my uh, I think my the first movie that really kind of clicked with me when I was a little 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 kid was Abbott and Costello meet the killer uh, do you feel young enough yet CJ that's just a random movie it's not Something I would have picked. I'm not, I'm not saying for me, I would have never... If you had told me that I had to pick 100 movies, you might have picked that I wouldn't have been one of them. And it's not because it's a bad movie there's anything wrong with it. I just wouldn't have figured out to be a movie. Albert Costello uh, were some of my heroes when I was little, little, little kid. And my dad, uh, you know, uh, whatever I could say with my father, my dad definitely introduced some interesting things to my life. He didn't... He said, this is what I like. If you don't like it, too bad. I'm watching it anyways. And then I sort of just <laughs> gradually liked or The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. I appreciate what he uh, introduced to me. And Albert yeah. Costello, especially when you're a little kid, is just fucking hysterical. And uh, yeah. the first, I think, I think the first movie I saw of them was Albert Costello meet the killer, 
which is them at a hotel and then a murder happens and all these murders keep happening and Costello's the prime suspect. And I remember laughing so fucking hard at like six years old, just getting it. Just it was scary enough for a six year old where I could appreciate the the horror element to it, but it was also funny enough where I'm like, this is just a fucking funny movie. Then, just like how my dad introduced that to me, he also was is still always listening to classical music, always listening to classical, always listening to Italian opera, always listening to Pavarotti and and Bocelli, and always that's those are like his boys. It's it's fucking Beethoven, Mozart, and Verdi. Those are his three fucking amigos right there. And with the introduction of that, uh, I saw the movie Amadeus. Which oh, I love that movie. I love. I think that we movie. all. I think we all agree that that is a fucking amazing movie. Oh yeah. And that was my favorite movie when I was like eight years old. Which, on one hand, I loved the fact that it was my favorite movie when I was eight because it, you know, when I eat, despite when I opened my fucking mouth. When I was younger, people always said I was really mature for my age. The irony is, is I just sort of grew into my voice, I think, now. And whenever my dad would tell them, like, oh, yeah, Rico's favorite movies on my days, they'd always look at me and be like, oh, man, that's fucking weird. Your eight-year-old son loves on my days. And I kind of liked that attention. But also, the movie was just fantastic anyway. It's a rich story. You it's- like attention? No. What? Why do you know? Why do you think I'm like with you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, I mean, Amadeus is just for pound for pound, probably just a perfect film. I can't find anything wrong with it. Well, the acting is, is okay. I mean, I can't find anything wrong with it. I, I, every time I watch it, I'm always entertained. I could watch that movie beginning to end every single time. I know, so could I. Like, but it, much like the, what we were talking about with Robin Hood, there's some some holes in the in the overall uh, story arc. But yeah, I agree with you in terms of from well, an entertainment value. And I view a- it as it's not so much a it's not a biopic because it's a lot of it is very fictionalized on Mozart and Salieri's lives. Right. Exactly. But, yeah. So I interpret it as an old man telling his interpretation of what he remembers happening. Therefore, little plot holes and little inaccuracies can happen. You know, it's just literally his memory. It's not a straight up biopic. It's not like Immortal Beloved about Beethoven or, or Ray about Ray Charles, where it's like linear, this is his life. You know, Mozart's just about, I mean, Amadeus is just, is just a murder mystery that really isn't a murder or a mystery. Right, right, right. right. And I got to give, um, the you know the filmmakers and the actors credit they had an impossible feat which was let's make a fucking movie about classical music right smack in the middle of the 80s like that is they were going up against fucking MTV and shit like they were like making this fucking grand you know grand opus about a fucking opera basically about opera setting and wigs and and Frog and what the fuck, it was, but still they they succeeded. Um, so I really connected to that for a long time. I'd still definitely probably if I can if I can have a top ten, it would definitely be in the top ten. Then all that shit went askewed 
when my brothers were finally given free liberty to take me to movies. And they took, and I have two older brothers, and one of them took me to see the South Park movie. Oh, dear God. <laughs> so I was eight when that you movie were eight came out. When they took you to see Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Yes. Oh, dear God. Well, I mean, to be fair, your mom took you to Jane Silent Bob Strike Back at what, nine, I think you said? Uh, ten, yeah. Ten, okay. So my brothers had already landed, planted the seeds. And the movie, for those who haven't seen the South Park movie, first off, wow. Uh, second of all, the movie is about the four characters, the four kids, the eight-year-old kids, going to see an R-rated movie, walking out of it with their fucking, like, their vernacular being more cuss words than ever before. So it was literally life imitating art, imitating life. Because I was eight years old, walked out of the theater, singing the song, shut your fucking face, uncle fucker. Like, I <laughs> think I laughed so far. I think I laughed so hard. I may have pissed my pants. I was so engrossed. I just kept watching the movie. Like I, I, I couldn't leave. It was just, I, I remember laughing until I cried and my ribs hurt. And uh, I saw that movie, I think, 15 times, like when I was like eight years old. Oh, and then the God. second time, I, uh, the second or third time I saw it, same brother and my dad and I went to Canada for whatever fucking reason. I don't remember why we went to Canada. And so we ended up seeing the South Park movie again in Canada. And the fucking Americans are fighting the Canadians in the movie. So I'm like eight years old, kind of very aware that, like, um, we might get killed because we're watching a movie where they're making fun of Canadians in Canada. So that that definitely shaped um, my vernacular, and that a lot of uh, my language has come from that sort of seedling. And then, of course, my mom talked, you know, took me to see Jason Sompov Strike Back, and that was definitely another another one. Um, so I don't so really have like age groups. I mean, I have like now. most of them were happened when I was like around before 11 years old. And then. Yeah. Steph, did we I mean, lose I, you? I <laughs> did we lose you? No, she's no, I'm still here. Okay. You've just been really quiet. I was afraid we lost you. Go ahead, Rico. No. She's just letting me talk. She knows the drill. <laughs> um. It's weird. Like eight years old, I think was kind of like a huge turning point in my life. I was watching Amadeus. I was watching Andy Costello. Uh, I saw the South Park movie, and actually, like that's when Frank Sinatra was introduced to my life. I was eight years old, so it's really weird. Like I wish I could just be eight years old again with that magic and amazement of all these things that will shape my life introduced to my life again. Um, and there are, I mean, there are some Sinatra movies that I definitely appreciate and I definitely love, but they're, they're not ones that like, I don't think they'll, they shaped who I am because it was really the music and the man yeah. that really influenced me. Although I definitely appreciate watching like the man with the golden arm. That's a really fucking like tremendous performance of his. He plays a heroin act, the, which um, was like in a mood. Go ahead. No, go, go, Rico. It was it was a time where they never even said heroin in films, let alone actually show someone shooting up or going cold turkey. So I remember watching that, being like, "Oh, he's not just a singer; he's a fucking actor." So 
I would love for you and I at some point to um, do a like a face off. We did it before for with kind of with the Halloween movies where you watch the new one and I watch the old one. You know what I mean? But that mm-hmm. was for the Halloween episode. But I would like us to do something similar with the two Ocean's Eleven movies because I'm I have a feeling you're a bigger fan of the Sinatra one. No, actually, I'm not. It, you would think that, but. I, I will be the first to say it. I love Sinatra. I love the Rat Pack. But the remake is superior. It is a much okay. better film. It's more entertaining. The original uh, Ocean's Eleven. And I, the irony is that I went to the video room that I currently work at when I was like a kid and I was introduced to Sinatra. I went to the library, looked up, you know, checked out books, found out he was an actor, went to the video room before I you know, even knew of video places. And rented like a bunch of uh, VHSs, and I remember okay. going up to. I think it's my. It was my manager who hired me. Years later, I said, "Do you have any movies with Frank Sinatra?" And he looked at me like, "What the fuck?" Like he's like, "Are you doing a school project or something?" And I was like, "Nope, just curious." I told the same guy, Bill, when I um, when I got when I was having my uh, my uh, interview to work there. I said, I don't remember that. I think I would remember that. It must not have been me. So that was a little weird uh, full circle. But yeah, Ocean's Eleven, I appreciate it. But I also just did not like the fact that Sinatra doesn't sing, which uh, really threw gotcha. me off. Um, which is why I probably like Robin of the Seven Hoods a little bit more, because he sings pretty prominently in that one. Yes, Stephanie, I can hear you rolling your fucking eyes. Um, are you there? Or do we just lose you completely? <laughs> no, I'm still here. <laughs> so um, you, so you, you've gone up to when you're like ten. What did you like to see in your middle school formative years, or your high school formative years? I should say, what was your go-to when you were like, yeah. you know, in your late teens? Um, I think that's really when I got heavily into horror films is because I always had that weird like interest in horror films when I was younger. But I think in my starting around 13 to about 18, that's when I really sort of branched out and watched um, a lot of the horror films that I do like now. Um, Halloween. I saw when I was about 11. So that set the seed uh, planted the seed. And then I sort of just watched everything else, all the Nightmare on Elm Streets, all the Halloween films, all the Child's Play ones. Child's Play in particular, I had a, a love-hate thing because my brother showed me a scene of the second one when I was six years old, and that kind of scared the shit out of me ever since then. And then I just started watching them and being like, okay, they're actually not that scary. I can, I can appreciate that. So around in my teen years, late teen years, I think it was not any specific movie. It was just the horror genre. Um, and, I, and I would also argue that most teenagers go through a darker period when they're going through their teen years. You know, they listen to darker music. They listen, they read existential books. They, they, they develop their quirkiness a little bit more. You know, they watch a lot of Tim Burton. They go to hot topic. I'm not saying they all go to fucking God. They're, they all, say they all become goth, but. I didn't listen to Marilyn oh, Manson until I was do. a teenager. <laughs> what? A lot of us do. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So we all, 
I think the teen years are definitely the darker years. So it was me branching out with a lot of darker films. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in particular was not a favorite movie of mine, but it definitely influenced me just to see something so bizarre. Because the plot of that movie, just like the plot of that book, is just what the fuck. And then, I mean, even Hunter S. Thompson, the author, was like, I have no fucking clue if, the, if, if uh, Fear and Loathing is filmable. And then, like, they motherfuckers managed to do it. Um, I would say probably my early to mid-20s, which, I mean, now I can actually fucking say, because I'm 27, I'm not officially in my late 20s. Um, <laughs> I would say it was kind of me uh, watching older films, like stuff that I was never a part of, didn't grow up with, like 80s stuff, like a lot of Lethal Weapon, a lot of Die Hard a lot of the action shit, a lot of Schwarzenegger, a lot of Stallone. It was me kind of like really just kind of like, what's all this shit that my older brothers are talking about? What's all this that they were like grew up with? So I'll honestly, I would say Rocky is probably one of them. Rocky and the Goonies were toe-to-toe with those movies. That I'm just like, holy shit. Like I saw the Goonies when I was a kid and he's a motherfucker wearing a goddamn Goonies shirt. I mean, dude. I would not be upset if you said, oh, the Goonies was one of my picks because it, Goonies never say die. I, I'm going to shut up. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> apparently I've gotten, one Goonie will say I've gotten die. murdered in enough in this episode to not die again. You so, so what you're telling us, Rico, is that you didn't have a go-to movie. <laughs> no. Uh, I really, honestly, my go-to movie was just whatever was available. I, I, I was such a, my dad would yell at me for hours and days and months and years saying like, stop watching fucking movies. I don't want to talk about movies. Stop bringing up movies because it was all I was interested in. And it's still in some aspects is, you know, the reality of life is really, really, really fucking real. And I didn't particularly like that so watching a lot of movies was really my only form of therapy it didn't matter what it was it didn't matter if it was rain man which another movie i fucking love or if it was indiana jones i would watch anything and everything and it was not necessarily like someone said oh you should watch this it was just be like oh well let's watch it i watched goodfellas when i was sick one day i never heard about it no one told me about it. No one said, you need to fucking see this. I don't even know how the fuck there was a copy available. But I just said, oh, okay. Popped it in, watched it, and had my mind fucking blown. So really, there's I don't, I don't have a go-to. I have a... That's why I have a collection, because all of them are go-tos. Yeah, Rico, I kind of... I mean, Steph, I got to agree with Rico, because I don't have... when And Rico, I don't, if you're not done, I don't want to... You know, completely cut oh, you no, off. Please, but like, stop, please stop me. <laughs> okay, because I don't have go tos in the time period you're talking about. But to skew your question a little bit, I you see what I did there? I like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I have movies that take me back to those time periods, so I can definitely link movies to time periods. But I wouldn't call them go tos. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, if you saw a movie on, you could be like, oh, that made me be back when I was in middle school. Right, or, uh, yeah, exactly. And I and I have a list of movies that, that have different time periods or different memories, because sometimes they take me to people. 
not necessarily mm-hmm. time periods, but to people. So I did put a list together of that kind of stuff, but they're not go-tos, if that makes sense. So let me get this straight. I'm the only one that would repeat a movie to make myself feel better? No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think that's the case. And Rico, I don't want to speak for you, but I just no because to, no. I'm being honest, Steph. Like I'm not even trying to like to to say anything to to pump you up or whatever. I think yes, I think there were movies that would make me feel better. But to call them go tos, I don't know. That's I more have go to songs than I do movies, just because of where my passions lie. But that doesn't mean mm-hmm. I didn't have movies that that helped. In, during different periods of my life. Like, I'll give you one right off the top of my head. High Fidelity, I watched every day for, like, two years when I was, like, 21 to 23. I watched it almost every day. If it wasn't every day, it was, like, you know, 70% of the week. Like, I'd watch it, like, three out of five days or four out of seven or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I, I watched that movie a lot. You know, so if you want to call that a go-to, then yeah, that was a go-to at that time period. But it, And it certainly yeah. did help me feel better. But there were other movies in that time period that I'm looking at my list here that also fit that mold that maybe weren't like you were using to feel better. Does you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, no, I hear you. My, go, I'll, my go-to movie when I'm feeling bad is Big Bouncing Booties, number seven. Like that will fucking always put me in a great what? mood. <laughs> the first six were not very good, but number seven, oh shit. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean, uh, I mean to, to your point, Steph, like there are movies that will make me feel better when I'm in a shitty mood. Absolutely. But the problem is. None of them are like this is the one. It, it, it's how I, it's like we were talking about with the music earlier. It's how I'm feeling. What do I need to feel better at that moment? So there are times where like Hunt for Red October's made me feel better for no reason except that I was able to completely lose myself in that movie for an hour and a half or an hour forty minutes or whatever the running time is, and forget about whatever other bullshit was going on around me. Do you know what I mean? But there's nothing That's about, re- but there's nothing about that movie that made that movie that day the go-to, except that that's what I wanted to watch on that day at that time. Does that make sense? I can agree. Yeah, that makes total sense. So the only other movie that that sorry, sorry, CJ, go ahead. No, no, please, Rico, you're <laughs> gonna make a point. I yeah. Well, I I said it before, and I said it earlier in the episode. The only movie that really impacted me when I was in my early twenties was Inside Out. Like I made a whole joke about it, but like I all the movies, every fucking movie I've ever seen, I've never cried at. So, and there, and I always thought there was something wrong with it. like watching fucking Forrest Gump or watching The Lion King when uh, you know when fucking Mufasa dies. Which, by the way. Everybody who fucking got through that bullshit when they were a little kid or, or uh, you know, an adolescent now has to do with James Earl Jones again with this new fucking movie they're doing. So get ready to fucking cry your eyes out as a grown-ass man. Ugh. So <laughs> Inside Out, really, like, it it opened the floodgates. It, re- I mean, I make a joke about it all the fucking time, but it now I cry at almost every fucking movie. 
I cried at Insidious 3. Not because it was bad, but <laughs> because it was like there was there was a touching scene with like the ghost of the, the main character's ghost mother came and protected her. I'm like, all of a sudden I'm crying. And Michael looks at me, he's like, Are you fucking crying? I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with me now. Before I didn't know what was wrong with me before because I didn't cry. Now I'm crying at everything. So. Well, and Enrico, and we'll save this for when we do our roundtable, but I think that goes back to the thing you posted on online a couple months back that it helped inspire this roundtable we're going to do, you know, but it, it yeah. I agree with you, I but I think I think a traumatic life event um, can help with that in terms of causing that to happen. So, Rico, maybe there was something about Inside Out, and I'm not making a joke. It may sound like it, but I'm being dead serious. There may be something about Inside Out that, even on a subconscious level, triggered a memory that that allowed those emotions to come forward, and, and they still are broken free. Like, I was like you. I never cried at movies, and then... I mean, not to bring the room down, but we've talked about my ex being killed in that car accident 18 years ago. And from that moment forward, I cry at movies. And I don't know why that moment specifically, except for, I mean, obviously it's a traumatic moment. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's not. But that moment has spawned my emotional cycle permanently. Like I cry at things I never used to cry at since that day. You know what I mean? So there may be something about Inside Out that that triggered that for you. Who knows? Well, I, I, you know, I, I cried a lot. Like I was, like I said earlier, I was a very emotional. I am a very emotional person, and adding Italian identity to that, where you're just screaming and I'm emotional on every. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Aspect of your loud or upset or happy or jovial doesn't matter um so i didn't I, it wasn't that i never cried because i was crying all the fucking time i never cried at a movie and then i had i mean i had an ex who died too and i think there's something about you know burying someone that you knew yeah burying someone you were intimate with burying someone because it's it's a whole other spectrum it's 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 not an uncle it's not a grandparent. It's not. Even oh, it's a, a very dog. different. Yeah, it's a very different emotion. Believe me, I I understand I mean, what you're saying. I had a I had another ex who knew uh, Allie who had passed away, and I told her I gave her the news, and she very bluntly, and I have never spoken to her since because it just fucking it every whatever however long I was with this ex completely shattered my perception of them ever since then. And I, I refuse to forgive them. 
she said when I said, Hey, uh, Allie died. I, I know you knew her. I'm just letting you know, Allie died. And I was still going through, I, I just heard the news like a couple of days before and I was really broken up about it. And then my current girlfriend at the time had just broken up with me. Even after I said like, this is not a good time for me. Please don't do this. I just found out my ex just died. What the fuck? Um, she said to me, you've had sex with a dead person. Yeah. Which, in, in, not to mention, is a horrible fucking thing to say to someone that it just is grieving. Is grieving. But that really, in, in a nutshell, is really what it is. Is I buried someone that I had sex with. And sex, in the proper usage, is a, one of the most beautiful fucking things you can do with someone. And to just have those memories of being intimate with someone snuffed out uh, really fucking ever since I think I grew up a little bit more uh, in that moment with that realization. And then I think inside out, because I saw it with my mother, my girlfriend at the time and my stepfather and we're all watching and I look over and, I'm, and I remember watching my mom because my mom is a total crier will cry at every fucking movie that is even just slightly mushy and she is able to do it with tears flooding down her fucking eyes and down her face with a big smile on her face because she's loving it but she's just super just like if it was you or me or or stephanie we would be like a mess like unable to speak with all the amount of tears that are coming out of our face my mom is able to just fucking be act completely normal she could tell you a whole story I'd be sobbing, but she's got it all together. And I'm watching it, and the main character in Inside Out is a little girl who moves from Minnesota to the Bay Area. My mom has roots in Minnesota. My grandfather's from Minnesota, and she was a girl, and she lives in the Bay Area. So I'm watching my mom and realizing it that she's connecting this fucking film in so many fucking ways that I can right. never really fully comprehend. So I think I got emotional from Allie's death and also just kind of seeing my mom for the first time as not just my mom, that she was a little girl once, you know? And I think it was just, uh, and then also fucking bing bong that really fucking triggered the whole goddamn thing. That imaginary, that the imaginary man, uh, character who yeah. like, yeah, you know, and he says goodbye and said, take care of her. And you're just like, Oh, fucking bing bong. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, inside out. Like, no, all. If I really, is it a movie that if I'm feeling bad, I'll go to? No, because once or twice was enough. Because I don't need to cry any fucking more. No, know? I hear you. At least I'll, absolutely. I'll, I'll I'll wait till fucking you know Insidious Chapter Five. Then I'll fucking cry at that one. So if, if we can stay off topic just a little longer, um, I I actually didn't cry at movies either. Which is kind of surprising when I when people learn this because I'm a very empathetic person and I cry at like the drop of a hat. If I can feel your pain, I cry. But it really yeah. wasn't that way for me most of my childhood. I was uh, I was able to detach the fiction from myself, so I didn't have a personal uh, empathy. For what was going on. I was like it's a story. Whatever. I can move on. Uh, but that all changed. When I got on. Uh, hormone regulating. Medication. 
And then all of that being able to control shit went right out the window. I have become the most mushy gushy. I cry at even just thinking about it. Things it's, it was surreal how the hormones changed everything. I can imagine. I can, I can reiterate and stuff. If it, if it's okay, uh, I'll share this quick little story. I have a family friend who up in my father's, uh, farm area. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Love. Uh, up in uh, northern Sonoma County, where my father has a, a farm. It's really in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains, country, blah, blah, blah. And we have neighbors. I mean, you have to drive there, you know, or you could really hike up a fucking hill. But we have neighbors. And a lot of them are old, older hippies that are just kind of like want to get the fuck away from the city life. And there's a, uh, there's a couple uh, named Jim and Dave. And as long as I have can think, my, every time my dad and I would go up to the land, which is what we call it, the land, we would go and visit and have dinner with Jim and Dave. We'd just drive over. Dad would drink his wine. They'd fucking talk about bullshit. And it was a weird, it was a weird uh, upbringing in a weird way because I was very aware they were gay and I was very aware they were, you know, old hippies and they were talking about Bush. They were talking about politics and raving and pissed off. And, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And Dave, um, the older of the two died very, uh, within the past year. And I saw him towards the end of his life and he was walking around with a, with, um, oxygen tank and he was not doing well, but to be fair, they, he in particular has always kind of looked feeble to me. <laughs> he's always looked like an old man to me. Um, they both look like mountain men with big beards and long kind of twisted up hair and just, they look like mountain men. But Dave was always super gentle and super soft. And until he was yelling at Jim, they were, they were all, they were, there was a lot of love between the two of them. They were a bickering couple. And so David passed away and this is uh, New Year's of of last year and so steph and i went to the land spend years with my dad and blah 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 and i said i've got to go see them i've got to go see jim like just i have to and steph went along with me steph never met jim and dave this is her first time in the land she and she and i had only been dating uh not that long you know so it was sort of it was touching for her to come with me and it was our first trip together and blah 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 and we talked to Jim and Jim now has Parkinson's. So he's shaking and he's, but he's still very strong and still talking to us. And, and I said, so what's, you know, tell me about Dave. He said, Oh, do you want to go see him? I said, what the fuck? I, and you're not supposed to be able to bury your, your dad, but he didn't give a shit. So he, he just took him. She just took us out to the garden and I'm, I'm overcome and I'm crying. And I look over at Steph and Steph never met the guy, but it was so touched with emotion. She's just crying silently with me. Never met the dude, just understood that he was a gentle guy and was a gentle spirit and was just, you know, and, and that actually, we are, we are making this fucking episode really a dour, but I mean, Steph was there, you know, and helped, helped me through a grieving process that I wasn't really knowing I had to go through and Steph yeah. was there. So well, and it's good to have someone like that. So Steph, congrats, you know, kudos to you for for being there for Rico. Cause I think it helps, you know, when you're dealing with something like that, you know? So, um, and then, what's that? 
I'm teary now. <laughs> oh, that's because we saw fucking Ralph breaks the internet. There you go. That's that's. I do have something I'll tell you guys about when we're off, but I don't. I'm not ready to bring that up here. Um, but let's let's bring it back around a little bit. I can kind of get into my list of stuff a little bit. Um, uh, some of it's quick hits. Some of it's got longer stories. If you guys want elaboration on any of them, please that I don't elaborate on, please stop me, and I will gladly do so if I can. Sound good? Yep. All right. So, Rico, you brought up a really interesting point that I thought I would touch on, which is the first movie you remember in the theaters. Um, and there's three for me because I'm not sure which one came first. So I'm going to mention all three of them, but I don't honestly remember which one comes first for me. So there's Transformers, the animated movie based on the cartoon show. That, and that movie came out back in the 80s. Um, have you seen that? It was 89. 89. Okay, then that's probably not the first one, to be fair, because, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's not first then, but there's that. Then there's, this one's probably also not it based on years, but then there was Short Circuit 2. I remember seeing that in the theater, because I love the Short Circuit <laughs> movies. I do love those movies. Those movies, yeah. they're not great, but they definitely hold like a special place just for, you know, growing up. You know what I mean? Kind of like Amadeus sure. does for you, but it's not as good of a, it's not as much of a classic movie, but you know what I mean? Oh, Short Circuit 2 is way better than Amadeus. Yo, no, come on. Let's be real about it. Um, and then <laughs> there's an Alvin and the Chipmunks animated movie where it's the three, it's Alvin, Simon, and Theodore, but then there's these female chipmunk, the Chipettes. And they're like racing yeah. each other across around the world. And these diamond smugglers are using them to smuggle their diamonds when they think they're just doing this, this race around the world. I really wish I remember what it was called, but there's that movie too. Wasn't it just the Alvin Chipmunks movie or something? No, because they had a couple movies, if I remember. I'm actually trying to look it up right now. Um, give me one quick second. Stupid web page is moving slow. Um, Alvin. Alvin. <laughs> because there's those new ones now. The the new ones. Yeah, it was this animated and Alvin and the Chipmunks thing, and and it was like obviously because it's Alvin and the Chipmunks, there's music and stuff, and they're they're racing around the world, and ultimately, um. Yeah, it was just a one of those kind of movies. So, but it's a fun movie, and it I haven't seen it in years, and I bet you it doesn't. Um, it doesn't hold up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, I shit. know what you mean. You go, like, go back go, to your favorite movies, and you're like, "How could I have possibly liked this?" <laughs> and that's actually caused me to stop doing that because there's been a couple times where I've done that, and it's destroyed the movie so bad that like I'm like, "No, I don't want to not like this movie anymore." But you know what are you gonna do? That's what I'm telling you, man. Butts number one through six are just not as good as I remember. That's why I go to number seven. <laughs> Number seven. Thirty-seven. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so... I those, will buy everything like a thirty-seven. 
So I'm going to go with <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's probably the earliest one I saw. There's a couple movies that just take me back to my childhood in general, but but for reasons that are so strange. Like, for example, my mom thought it would be a great idea to show me 2001 A Space Odyssey when I was, like, nine. Uh, oh, my God. Did you fall asleep? I, I did, and the whole thing went over my head. Like, I totally didn't get it. I didn't understand why I'm watching these monkeys fucking beat up a black piece of... I didn't even realize it was stone. Like, I just... This black thing sitting in the middle of the desert or whatever. You know, the whole thing with Hal went right over my head. You know, and I haven't seen it since. I've not seen it in its entirety since. And I probably should go back and watch it because I think I'd probably have a better understanding of it now. Um, I still think it. You don't like it? Nah, I still think it's awful. I've just never seen it. I saw it in high school and I was just like, ugh. Yeah. So (laughs) it just went over my head. But at the, you know, and sticking with my mom, though, there's a movie that always reminds me of my mom. Always, 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 because she loves she loves the movie so much. But because she does, it reminds me of her every time I even just see like a poster for it or whatever. Now it's Beaches with Bette Midler. Uh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. My mom loves that movie. Loves that movie. So anytime I see that movie, it makes me think of her. And conversely, like with my dad, my dad. There's two time periods for my dad. And Rico, we talked about this a little bit on the last episode, but. Um, my dad had an, a, an, a, what's called a primary progressive aphasia, which is basically a form of Alzheimer's, but it's not Alzheimer's. Like it doesn't fall into that classification. And right. as he was progressing with the disease, he regressed in terms of things that he liked. So, and we talked about the Charlotte Webb thing. Do you remember we were talking about that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. And then, you know, other cartoon movies. Like, he he had cartoons that were just movies he loved. So, and he loved, loved Ratatouille, which is why I mentioned it earlier. So Ratatouille oh, yeah. holds such a place for me because of my father, I think. You know? Um, plus, it's a really good movie, I think. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good film. I'm with you there. But, but I think because of my father, it holds a different different meaning you know but that's his latter years and his you know earlier in my life when i was a kid it's raiders my dad loved raiders raiders of the lost ark so we and and they used to run that like every i want to say labor day weekend you know back when it was like six channels every labor day weekend on the abc they would run raiders and sometimes even raiders (laughs) and temple like back to back what stuff (laughs) <laughs> you know, back when there was like six channels. Well, yeah. <laughs> there was a time in my life when there was only like six channels to watch, seven channels to watch. I only oh, laughed because I was just telling Rico in the car the other day that I didn't have cable until I was like 18. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. I'm very familiar with those six channels. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, we don't have, we don't have cable now. No, we don't need cable now because there's streaming, you know, services. Right. You can at least How pick and. Dare you? Well, just because you want to live an antiquated oh. life, Rico, that doesn't. I don't know. Anyway, uh. oh, you know, you joke, but if you were near, if you were near the, the video room, you'd probably read from me. Oh, probably. Yeah, probably. Um. So. 
then when I was in my... Er, what's that? You said Raiders. I'll try to get you back on. Oh, you know, I know. I know where we're at. Um, but thank you, because I actually wrote out a list for this one, because I knew it was going to be a little extensive. Um, when I was in my early teen years, we used to go to this campground that I think I've talked about before, Rico. I don't remember. Um... And it wasn't camping by any stretch of the imagination in the true sense of the word. We had a trailer. There was electricity, running water. Hell, we had showtime. So it wasn't, you know, traditional camping. But it was a way to get away. And it was a, it was like having a vacation home that was affordable. So we could go down there. And we would go almost every weekend in the summer. And they used to have this contest. The place was called Tall Pines. And they had a contest for their what were known as regulars, meaning people who would rent, like, all year. You would pay, like, a yearly or whatever, and you'd have a, a set space that was yours as opposed to what were known as weekenders, who would be, like, people who would just show up on a Friday and be like, I want to rent a space, and they'd give them whatever space was open. And the regulars, there was a a beauty pageant for the female like teens in the in the campground and it was called the Miss Tall Pines pageant and my <laughs> my one friend who I won't name because I don't know if she'd want me to was in the thing and they were doing the swimsuit thing and they were describing her as an enthusiastic camper but she hated being there like fucking hated it and so I'm standing there with a couple friends of mine, and I said, enthusiastic. And apparently I said it louder than I realized, and the whole fucking place heard me. And she <laughs> shot me like this death look from across the pool where they were doing the swimsuit competition. So after the competition was over, me and my two friends, we like hightailed it back to my, my trailer and hid. Like we stayed there for like four hours. And like I said, we had cable and Showtime and stuff, and sneakers came on, um, which I had seen before. But are you? Do you know that movie, Rico? I know, but I've never, I've never seen it. You've never seen it? Okay, it's not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's great in that it's you know this classic film that everyone should see. But it's a fun fucking movie, and you got Robert Redford and Ben Kingsley and Dan Aykroyd, Sidney Poitier. Uh, I mean, you're dealing with some heavy hitters in this movie. Um, River Phoenix before what? he died. Do, do you mm -hmm. remember uh, the basic plot? I, it sounds very familiar, the cast at least. Me? Yeah, absolutely. So what it is, is it's a bunch of guys who have been basically thrown out of their professions for one reason or another, and they break into places to help the places determine how good their security is. So it's a business they have, and then ultimately the CIA comes calling, and for those not seeing, I did air quotes on CIA because it isn't the CIA, but they're trying to get this thing called Janix Box, and it's a the ultimate code breaker, and it would allow anyone to de decrypt anything, like getting into the NSA or getting into the power grid or whatever, um, and... I'm not doing it justice, Rico. It's a fun fucking movie. It's not cinematic no, it, greatness. It, it rents all the time. What's that? It rents all the time. So my curiosity, little by little, has been blooming because I'm like, I need to watch this fucking movie. It, it's a good movie. I love this movie. 
You know what? One thing we should do sometime, Rico, is we should watch a movie together. Like, I could bring it up on a laptop, and we should sit and watch a movie together, like like sneakers or something. But anyway. Um, sure. Because I think that would be fun. But We could do that movie that you're always giving me shit that I haven't seen. Uh, what the fuck was it? Um, the one that, like, you told me you haven't seen. God damn it. Oh, it's Hackers? Like a fucking... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we'd get it up. I might, it might be on uh, Netflix because there's not a digital copy for that, and I'm not gonna buy it digitally just so we can do that. But anyway, we'll figure it out. That's another thing. Um, but so we hid in the trailer for like four hours, and we watched sneakers and a couple other things. But sneakers was the one that sticks out for me, and I had seen it before that. It's not the first time I saw that, but now because of that memory, it takes me to that moment every time I see it. Um, but that would be my early teen years. Uh, in high school, it's two movies. It's actually three movies, but two more important. I'll mention all three, but the two important ones are Men in Black, the first one, and the mm-hmm. first and the first Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. So, which is why I'm really excited for Tuesday because I'm getting Fallout. So I can't wait to get that and see it. Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments, where bold moves require confident blueprints, where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com slash cloud. I saw it, dude. Yeah, I have them all, and I've seen them all except Fallout, and I meant to go see it in the theater, but life got in the way. Um, but yeah, so Mission Impossible was my first date with my, my now late ex, so that's why I think the Mission Impossible series holds holds something for me, because I I don't know. Um, and then Men in Black was one that we did go to, but Mission Impossible was our first date. So, and then the other one is Batman and Robin, but I know how terrible it is. So I'm not, <laughs> um, but that's, that's that one. Uh, let's see here. In my early twenties, actually, before I get there, there's one I'd missed here. When I was sick, there's a memory I have from when I was real young. And Rico, I've told this story, so we're not going to get into it deep. But you may remember my mom bought Batman, the the Keaton Batman for me when I was sick. Yeah. Do you remember that story? Yeah. Steph, did you hear it? Do you know? Uh, I want to say I've heard it, yeah. Okay, well, for anyone who hasn't heard it, and Steph, to refresh your memory, when I was sick one day from school, I couldn't... I, I'd been not been able to shake something, and my mom brought me home from school... And she thought to try to help me feel better, she'd go get me a movie. So she went out and bought Batman, the 89 Michael Keaton one, not realizing it was a live action, a little more gritty than the Batman cartoons and the 66 Batman that I used to watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just remember mom about halfway through it going, oh, what did I buy? (laughs) But she, to her credit, didn't. (laughs) Didn't turn it off and did let me watch the whole thing. So that was that was fun. I actually still have the tape. It was a VHS tape, Rico. I know you appreciate those. Um, I still have it. Oh, so, so you're telling us you've been scarred for life? Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> um, also, on a yearly thing, when I was talking about yearly with the Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, the Ten Commandments, which, Rico, we've also talked about. 
with Cecil B. DeMille. Mm-hmm. But I watch that movie every year right around Easter. And I'm far from what you would yeah. call religious at this point, but I still watch that every year around that time. Uh, Certain traditions don't die. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Same thing with, uh, it's not a movie, but I watched the Peanuts specials for every one of them. And Enrico, you laughed heartily when I told you I own them all on Blu-ray a couple of episodes back. I own back. them all on DVD. <laughs> What's that, Rico? I said I still do. Yeah. Um, in my early 20s, there's a couple movies that jump out at me. Um, but the two most important ones, I guess you would say, would be... Um, well, I, make, I mentioned High Fidelity, so there's three. High Fidelity, um, Fight Club, because I really identified with that split personality kind of thing for a while. Like, I wasn't seeing, um, you know, hallucinations of, of another thing, but I really did identify with that projecting what you want to be versus what you are. And that's that's what Tyler are Durden we, is. Are we, are we speaking to CJ right now? Yeah. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> But um, but I mean that's what Tyler Durden is. It's 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 you know, it's a great line from the Matrix, which is one of the reasons why I love the Matrix too. Where when when Morpheus is first explaining to Neo the difference between being in the real world and being in the Matrix, and he goes, you know, did you know, you know you notice the plugs in your hands and your arms are gone? It's the digital projection of your mental self, and that's kind of what Tyler Durden is to the narrator in that movie, you know. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, there's that. And then my buddy, my buddy who used to basically live at my place when I was in my early twenties. I mean, when I say live, like he would come and spend days at my place. We watched Fast and the Furious. I can't tell you how many times because we just both love cars and, and Jordana Brewster, to be fair. Oof. Um, yeah. But, yeah, we loved the cars, and we just loved watching the races. And even though we knew what was going to happen, we didn't care. It was just fun watching them drive the cars and all that shit and, and fix the cars up and stuff. So so Fast and Furious, especially the first one, the whole series, but the first one especially takes me back to my early 20s every time I see it. And then the last one I would mention, and Rico, I think this one's going to make your head explode. But, um, so in my... In my latter 20s, right around your age, to be honest, Rico, I started working at Sam Goody. And we've talked about that before, but I got to be really close with the, yeah. the store manager I worked for to the point where we're, we're still friends to this day. And we'd have what we called the Thursday meetings after a while because eventually he and his best friend who was an assistant manager and I all got shipped off to different stores because that's just retail and that's how that works. So we'd all come together on Thursdays to commiserate about what was going on in our particular stores and complain and whatever. And we'd get Little Caesars Pizza and we'd watch movies. And one one week we were sitting around and they were quoting The Godfather. And I had no idea what they were talking about. No idea. Because I had never seen it. And so... Mm-hmm. In back-to-back weeks, we watched Godfather 1 and 2, and then we skipped 3 because they told me it was terrible, um, which I've seen it since, and I agree. But, um, but yeah, so I, uh, the Godfather takes me back to those meetings 
And there's a couple movies from that, but that one specifically. I, I, uh, it took me a while to see The Godfather, so I'm not really been out of shape that it took you that long. I think okay. I was maybe like 13 or 14 when I saw it. I still love Godfather. I still love Godfather three. So I'm not like a Puritan. It's like, oh, it's only one and two. And I'm like, I, I love them all. I mean, they're all very different films. No, I, I, I can't agree with that. I just, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm one of the few that I think I like the first one better. I understand the second one. I it's, do too. Do you, okay, because it's like the Dark Knight trilogy when we were talking about that. Where like I like Batman Begins better, but I know Dark Knight is the more revered film. Same thing with The Godfather. I I like the first one better, but I do understand why the second one is considered to be a better film. I don't have a problem with the second one. I think it's a fine movie, and I enjoy it very much. But I prefer the first one. I think in part I like the first one the most. Because I played the Godfather video game a lot, yeah, and like I mean, I, I still played the Godfather Part Two, but um, there's, some, there's something there's more interesting side stories in the first movie than there is in the second one to me. Like, yeah, you know, there's the horse's head, there's the you know getting the gun behind the toilet, there's the um, there's uh, Michael in Sicily, there's. Sonny Corleone getting fucking getting finally getting what's coming to him for you know at the toll booth like it just it's such a more mesmerizing right. bunch of stories one long story what's Godfather 2 it's just it's very kind of generic for me it's still an amazing film but it's like all right Michael wants to get the fuck out of the mafia he's going he's in court you know his wife hates him and like something about Cuba like what the fuck yeah no yeah I, it's been so long since I've seen Godfather that it's like I haven't seen it. <laughs> wow. Okay, well, you should get a chance to go back cool. and watch it. I, have you seen, Rico, uh, Steph, I already know the answer for you based on what you just said, but Rico, have you seen what they call the Godfather saga? I think they, were pl- they play that a lot around uh, Thanksgiving because when Steph and I were over at my mom's on Thanksgiving. They always play on AMC and shit. There no, no, was, no, 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 no. Uh, we, no, got the thing on AMC that you're thinking of is they just run the three movie or the two movies in like all over and over again. The saga is something different. No, they do, they do the three. No, I know what you're talking about. That's why I'm trying to. I think I think I've seen it because Godfather three was starting, and before the official movie started, they gave this whole recap of what the first two movies were, and I'd never seen that. As a precursor to Godfather Three, it shows Al Pacino uh, at the end of like Godfather Two, sitting at his house in Tahoe, just m- like thinking about his life and all the bullshit that he's had to go through in order to get to where he is now, yeah. as well as sacrificing all the people he's loved. And as they're doing that, while he's thinking of his life, it's playing like all the big scenes of Godfather and then Godfather two before it even gets to Godfather three. And I had never seen that. So I'm watching just that opening with Stephanie and it was kind of like the perfect way for her to kind of catch up on what the fuck is going on. Right. We didn't end up watching it. We were both exhausted. We're both fucking tired and going to sleep, but it was like, she kind of got the rundown, but I wonder if that was like a saga thing or if they just were airing because it was edited with the movie it was really like whoever did it did a really good job where it shows 
Michael, like, you know, thinking you could kind of tell what he was thinking because they edited it where it's like of him thinking about his brother. And then all of a sudden, like he kind of shifts his pose and moves his hand, you know, underneath his chin. And it kind of looks like he's thinking about past love. So it talks about the wife he had in Sicily and then, uh, yeah, but it, but it, didn't, it didn't have like uh narrator dialogue or anything. It was, it was literal spliced in scenes from the original movies and it right. didn't feel, uh, like it was jumpy. It, it felt seamless the way that they just made this, uh, recap fit in with the new one that was starting. Right. Well, that's not okay, and that's that all sounds awesome, but that's not what I'm talking about. So, all right. Well, well, so then, no, I have not seen the Godfather saga. So, what or, the Godfather what? saga is is they, and this is with Coppola's permission. I think he was even involved in it, for what it's worth. Just so you know, they took mm-hmm. the three movies, all three of them. And they re-edited the whole fucking thing into one gigantic movie. It's something like six and a half hours long. And they put it in chronological order. So everything with young Vito in Italy from the second movie starts the saga. You don't get to anything from the first Godfather until like an hour and a half in. You get all the Young Vito stuff in Italy. You get all of the Dustin Hoffman. No, no, De Niro, sorry. The Robert De Niro stuff from when he's Young Vito first coming to New York. You get all of that before you ever see Michael or any of that stuff. You get all of it, and it goes in chronological order from the from that moment Vito, you know, leaves Italy and comes to, to Ellis Island all the way through to the end of three. I'd love to see that. I would I would spend a whole day doing that. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, they and they, and they take it out. So when you get to, to the parts in two where, you know, Michael's out in Vegas and you know how they would like do flashbacks, all those flashbacks are gone. They're up front. Mm-hmm. And it just runs through, and it's like I said, it's like six and a half hours or some ridiculousness. Like it's long, but they they reran it. I've been trying to find it. If they, I don't think it's available to to buy. Like I don't think it's something you can get. Or if they did, it was very very limited. Weird. Um, I've always heard of talk of like a possible Godfather four. Oh I yeah, I've heard don't. that too. What I would want to see is uh, a prequel about. I mean, if look, if they were to do a Godfather four, I could give less of a fuck about Andy Garcia's character from Godfather yeah, three. I agree. I I want to see, I want to see young Sonny, like young, like so, get a young actor to play James Caan's character, and have it be like similar to Godfather two, where it's you know prequel as well as sequel. I want to see the rise of Sonny Corleone as well as the fall of his son. In the future, I'd like to see that. Okay, because Andy Garcia's character is his illegitimate son. So I want to see like the rise of Sonny Corleone, and then his illegitimate son take down the Corleone Empire just from being fucking stupid. Right. That's what I want to see. But that's that's just a whole other fucking side subject, which <laughs> we have been doing all night. 
Hey, but that's what the whole point of this is. It's just jam. Absolutely. I'm trying so, to find... I gotta, I gotta give you credit. You may have given us one of the fucking longest episodes we've had in, like, a long time. <laughs> we're getting there. Well, we're, it is, we're it is tw- three separate topics, so, you know. Yeah, and we are 20 minutes short of our longest one so far, so if you want to try to... <laughs> what? Well, did what you cover all, one? The, uh, th- all the ones that you wanted to talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, that that was the last one for me. I, I think I hit them all. I mean, I'm sure I could come up with other ones that, you know, off the top of my head to take me back to moments or whatever. But So, actually, Rico, it looks like it's only one and two, actually. Now I'm looking this up. It looks like it's only one and two. But still, it's seven hours for long, a, according to a, this. Yeah. For a lot of people, that's that's enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although, Christ, that's, I, a, that's a working shift. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, the one thing I'll give three is it did give us one of the most famous lines from the series, I think. When he says something to the effect of, like, I, every time I try to get out, they drag me back in, or I'm sure I'm butchering it, but it's something to that effect. Would you like me to do it? Please. Once I thought I was out, they pull me back in. I thought he yelled it more than that, but anyway, that's not the point. No, he, he, uh, he's, he's speaking very softly. Although, Steph, I don't want to spoil it, but I got to kind of spoil it because we're talking about it. For those who haven't seen Godfather 3, I, I've always been a big fan of Pacino, but like Al Pacino does some of the best bit of acting and conveying motion I've seen when his, I mean, sorry, his daughter gets shot at the end. Yeah. And you just see this look of anguish on his face and he rushes over, cradles her uh, body in, in his lap. When Mary dies, and gets shot, you see this look of anguish. The, the most like heartbreaking acting I've seen, which really has not been super replicated in, in, or even taught, from my opinion. It shows Pacino cradling his his dead daughter in his lap and he lets out this scream of you could just tell like he had been trying to do everything for this fucking family and for his and Copa in the music from Cavalleria Rusticana so it muffles out the scream and you just see Pacino like scream for like maybe a total of 25 to like 25 seconds just long like this dude is letting out every ounce of oxygen he has and all the other characters are watching kind of realizing how much he fucking loved his daughter and how i mean it's sad for everybody but like how it really is affecting him and then he lets it out he takes a breath Lets it out for like another 10 seconds. And for me, that is some of the best uh, acting I've seen Pacino do. See. And, and that's the point is he's so good. It's just screaming. That's how much. That's how impressive it is. He's got the goofiest fucking look on his face when he does it, I think. From what I remember, it's been a minute since I've seen it. But he had this. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. You want to talk about screaming well, in English? It's uh, Ewan McGregor at the end of Moulin Rouge. Yeah, I remember that. I'll, I'll give you that. Oh man, I only saw that for the first time last year. 
or earlier this year, maybe. Yeah. I love hate that movie. Love hate it. <laughs> yeah. So. I think for me, uh, Pacino takes the cake, but I will always scream in anguish whenever I sign on to Potosphere. <laughs> Thanks, Rico. Um, <laughs> Steph, do you have anything else on your list of topics or things you want to discuss? No. This is your show. No, that was it. That was my list of uh, three questions, three eclectic questions for today. Games, music, and videos. I hope you guys enjoyed thank, doing this. Thank fuck it wasn't books, because <laughs> that'll be uh, for the next episode. No, we'll let her <laughs> and Arlen do that one together. We'll we'll set that one out. <laughs> yeah, we'll just be like, you and I will just be screaming in anguish together. <laughs> there you go. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. Hi, everyone. Stephanie here with a few thank yous and FYIs on how you can get in touch with and follow Podescu. Oh, yeah, and the guys. Let's start with a huge shout out thanks to Dubbed in English for the opening theme music, 96 Reasons. If you're trying to find them online, they've dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, really, their music is offline now, so send an email request to podescu at gmail.com or CJ's Twitter handle at m underscore blade. And he'll throw you a copy of the full song and or the whole EP, Plan 9. Also, let's give a big thanks to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme, Askew. I encourage you to discover more of Samuel's masterfully manipulated rhythms on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. I don't know how you're listening to this now, but you can find other Podeskew episodes in several places, starting with iTunes and Stitcher, where a quick high star rating from you goes a long way in helping us hit the top of the charts or you may prefer google play music don't want to be strapped down by an app then find us on podcast search engine listen notes type in p-o-d-a-s-k-e-w yes that's all one word into any of the aforementioned searches and podescu will pop right up on whatever screen you're using and of course there's our founding site that started it all podcast garden at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash By the by, if you're looking to host your own show, Podcast Garden is the ideal place for all your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Now, if you want to agree with or yell at the guys directly, follow them and the show on Twitter. For the show, at podaskew. For Rico, at rantsrico. And again, CJ is at m underscore blade. Finally, Let's not forget our biggest thank you is to you for listening, subscribing, rating on iTunes and Stitcher, and promoting our show by being our fans. CJ and Rico truly appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Boxley! I'm going to cut your heart out with a spoon! Why a spoon, cousin? Why not an axe? Because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. Damn it! Thank you.